When Nature Calls, a podcast all about nature with each episode featuring a topic from the true to the silly to the bizarre. I'm Renee, the manager of Red Oak Nature Center in Batavia, Illinois, and with me is... This is Christy, your environmental education supervisor. And today on episode six, we will be talking about all things Thanksgiving and turkey and fall. Okay, so today we're going to talk about fall and turkeys and thanksgiving because it seems like you can't separate the bird from the day the bird is the word the bird is the word <laughs> the bird is the word and i and i say that because the noble turkey noble noble turkey very noble is um synonymous thank you we have turkeys just flocking outside of our doors right now which is pretty fantastic for, for today um they're synonymous with this time of year. I think probably most of us who celebrate Thanksgiving have turkey for Thanksgiving. Yes. But after that is Christmas. A lot of people also eat turkey for Christmas as well. So you're telling me that we're trying to cram in two seasons into one podcast so that we don't have to record again? Is that what I'm hearing from you? No, no, no. no. These okay. people want to hear more. They so do want to hear more. We will keep churning out as much as we can. Absolutely. We've been off for a little bit. Things have been a little we're crazy. Back. We're back. It's fall. Sorry for the wait. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, we're in that season now. The leaves have almost completely fallen off the trees. We have a few uh, stragglers here and there, um, our oak trees. But as we are transitioning into our true fall with the changing weather, even though it's 70 degrees today, yeah. <laughs> um, we do have all these major holidays coming up. And so what better topics to talk about than... You know, some holiday stuff and turkeys and all that good history. I feel like if we do cover this, we've got the true and the silly and the bizarre, as you'll share as Absolutely. we go along. Yes. But I think you're right. Bird is the word. We should probably start with the turkey. And the fact that there are turkeys in Illinois. Yay! Woo! There are turkeys. Wild turkeys, not Wild just turkeys. domesticated. No, but maybe there's some domestic. There's no turkey farms in Illinois? Oh, yeah, there is. There's one right down the road from me. Okay, so there are domesticated and wild turkeys here in Illinois, and turkeys are part of the pheasant family. So they are birds that can fly, even though a lot of people think they can't. Wild turkeys, I guess I should clarify, can fly. They are also known, I guess a little bit of folklore. Can I jump into some folklore, Miss Christie? Might as well. Okay, let's so educate these folks let's educate them. So if they can fly, as I just said, which is a true fact, there's some folklore that if you find turkeys up in a tree and you try to coax them down, if they refuse to descend, that means that snow is coming. And we're not ready for that. No, we're not. And I know that Miss Christie doesn't like the cold, so nope. it's good for her to know that if she sees turkeys up in the branches <laughs> to, and they don't come down, yes. that snow is on the way. Well, fortunately, for, uh, we have seen a few wild turkeys here. We have. On the grounds of Red Oak. We have. It has been a quite a while, though, since the last recording of it. I, I believe it was almost two years ago now. Yes. We saw um, a Jake. Yes. A, a male. A male turkey. turkey. It's called a Jake. Um, the full road. males are Toms. Yes. And the females are hens. And they all get along together. And one way you can tell the males from the females, and this is not where we're going to go PG-13. We're going to keep it <laughs> for <laughs> the families. Me. Totally G is uh, there are these warty, kind of fleshy bumps on their heads, and they're called caruncles. And if you are a boy turkey or a tom turkey, you're going to have more than a female. And not only that, when you are looking for love, 
you can turn those caruncles colors, which is pretty, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a warty face, you might as well be able to just be proud of it and change colors, I guess. Well, it's it's a reoccurring adaptation in the animal kingdom. Perfect. Finding a mate requires the males to do some spectacular tricks, if you will, (laughs) either changing colors, doing dances, special songs, and for the turkeys, those fancy colors. It's those fancy colors, and they are very fancy because around the face of the tom turkey, they can change those change those caruncles to like an aquamarine blue, so really startling, attractive color. Mm-hmm. And then around their head, they'll have this conflicting bright red. So they are just really trying to get the attention of the female. And the female, who doesn't need to try to attract the boys, she just always keeps her caruncles a nice muted pink. She would just like to blend in... Many females in the animal kingdom do just to kind of blend in with the background. Simple, calming camouflage. So if you're a turkey, caruncles. That's how you can tell a difference. Well, and that's not the only funny thing about them. Their entire body is filled with funny parts. They got funny bits? (laughs) Like the drumsticks? No, we're not going to talk about the bits. Oh, not the bits. Okay. But let's keep going with the face parts, Okay, face parts. Um, Some of us may know a little bit about wattles. Ooh, waddles. Yeah, it's a waddle. So it's that extra slap of skin that hangs down from their neck. Again, bright red color for attracting the Yes, yes. Uh, so the waddle. And then they have their snood. A snood. And, and you do, it's S-N-O-O-D. So you really have to pronounce that ood in there because it's a snood. Sounds pretty snooty of you to it be particular is, in how you say oh, snood. Let me see. Um... But the snood is that flap of skin that hangs down from the nose on those male turkeys. So it hangs like right over the beak, down? Okay. Behind the snood are those eyes, and most people might be surprised to know that turkeys have excellent vision. They can actually see 270 degrees, so almost completely around their head, um, which keeps them very wise to what predators might be sneaking up on them. Not only can they fly, Mm -hmm. But they can see what's coming and get away. And there are there is another adaptation they have, too, to protect themselves from predators. Do you want to talk about that? Those that um, hunt turkeys or are looking for turkeys do need to be aware. Because on their legs, they have a special bony spur that looks like a toenail. Um, it grows on the back of their legs. But they use those spurs for fighting other males and for de- defending themselves. And they can be very long. They're extremely sharp. So you have to be careful about those spurs. Uh, on those turkeys if you get near one yikes they can actually cut your skin they're sharp enough to cut skin they are extremely sharp so the turkey is an incredibly intelligent creature benjamin franklin thought that the turkey should have been our national bird because of its mobility its um, adaptability its regalness moreover or more so than the bald eagle um, because back in the day, bald eagles were seen more as scavengers, uh, opportunists. And Ben Franklin, you know, he wanted America to be seen as this, you know, proper, noble, elegant I'm gonna, bird. I, okay, I can see that. I just think that Ben Franklin, if you know your history, mm-hmm. was probably more impressed with the caruncles. I feel like he is just <laughs> the kind saying? of guy who what would appreciate a bird who's not the most... Um, maybe a team looking bird and be able to say hey i think that that should represent america because there's so many things going on in that bird there's snoods 
there's caruncles, there's waddles. We can all find a part in that that we might identify with. And that's probably why I think Ben Franklin, in my own humble opinion, without any political background or historical knowledge, <laughs> thinks that he wanted the turkey instead. It's entirely possible. I will say that turkey is very popular as a food for Thanksgiving because it was a sign of bounty, just a little bit beyond Ben Franklin around the 1800s. People would buy that because a turkey, which in the wild is typically seven to eight pounds, um, domesticated turkeys are heavier, they're 30 pounds, they would cost about a day's wages. So if you put a turkey on your table, you were showing everybody that you were living large and that you had plenty of money to throw around. And to this day, although they're not quite as expensive, they're still a sign that, hey, you've arrived and you've been able to provide and, and they feed a lot of people. I mean, if you've ever fed a family a turkey, you know that it can uh, last for quite a while. Everybody goes home with a dog tag. Everybody, Everybody gets, gets leftovers. Thanksgiving, everyone is... Whether you want it or not, you could be sneaky trying to get out that front door and suddenly this doggy bag appears and you've got turkey to take home. So Turkey for everyone. Yes, yes. All right. Well, the um, eastern uh, turkey is the most common species of turkey what, in what's... the United States. Okay. So that's your traditional brown, full, with the copper-toned feathers. Okay, we'll put a link of a picture to that in our podcast, too. But there are actually five wild turkey species in the United States. Five? There are five. Um, there are subspecies of turkeys um, within the United States, and each one's a little bit different and very well adapted to its habitat. So there is... The common eastern turkey, which is the most populous in, in the country. Okay. There is also the Miriam's turkey. Okay. The Rio Grande, the Goulds, and the Osceola turkey subspecies. The Osceola. Is that in Florida? It, it sounds... is in Florida. Ah, look at me. Could you guess where the Rio Grande is? Uh, Texas. Hey, look at that. Um, yes, yeah. So some of these eastern turkey subspecies have kind of... Um, carved out their own specific habitat in parts of the United States. And in turn, their adaptations have changed to eating different types of food, to having different colorings, to being different sizes. So with the Miriam's turkey, uh, it is widely distributed in different like eastern parts of the United States and every state west of the Missouri River, but they have a very small population. And of course, turkeys are not just eaten by humans. There are lots of predators out there. Um, but the Miriam's is said to have the quietest gobble, gobble. the shortest beard, spurs, and lightest colored fans. So, um, again, subspecies, meaning they are still related to the eastern turkey, but there's enough of a difference in their, again, size, diet, coloring, that they get moved into a subspecies. So, with all that naming, turkey is not really what it should be called anyway from the beginning, right? I mean, the turkey bird was named because it resembled a bird. Is that what the story, is that how the story goes? So it was said that the Europeans um, were big fans of guinea fowl, okay. which were imported by Turkish merchants. And they were so used to this, these, these um, guinea fowls, which is a pretty generic name for these you mm -hmm. know, game birds, um, that when they came to the New World and they saw this similar looking bird here they carried the name over as a turkey so turkeys to those early european settlers here they were referring to the country of turkey in referencing the bird 
and the name just kind of stuck from there on. I like that way of naming things. So if I see something mm -hmm. that I notice from another country, like say I have the opportunity to go to Germany, yep. and I see a bird that's black that looks like our crow, yep. I could actually just come back to the United States, look at that bird that's black like our crow, and mm -hmm. say, hey, I saw it in Germany. That's a Germany. Yep. Germany. I think Absolutely. we. Do you think we could spread that? Do you yeah. think we could start that? No, we oh. cannot do that. We don't have. <laughs> we don't have the credentials. Oh, we don't have credentials. I like that. The Germany. No, it. Oh. Uh, no. It worked sorry. for the turkey. No. No. Nope. No. At this point, I, I would like to say there's still a handful of under, undiscovered species. Yes. Um. Still, just saw an article. Two new mammal species were just discovered in Australia. Not the Germany. Not the Germany. <laughs> But two new mammals were just discovered, uh, a type of um, tree squirrel, I believe, a marsupial. Um, so it, it goes to show that there are still species out there that have yet to be named. Which is why you have to go out into nature, people. You and never know what you'll see. you got to go and explore and discover. So maybe if you were to discover something brand new. And name it after a country that's already existed for a long time. Well, I wouldn't say a country. I mean, unless you saw it there. But if you saw an insect and it had a cool fin-like shape on the back. Oh, I see where you're going with this. You could possibly name it like the sharkapede. The shark. Of okay. The great. The the shark horse. of Turkey. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you kind of have that ability to add your own little flair to it. But oh, okay. As of right now, no. Okay, so Miss Christie alluded to the yes. fact that my favorite animal is a shark, and okay. in our podcast we have a shark challenge. Challenge. How can I correlate something sharkish? Yes with our podcast today. So we're talking about turkeys and Thanksgiving and all things fall. Mm -hmm. And I am going to say that I am grateful for sharks. And so yeah. I'm going to no. kind of just say, hey, I am grateful that the creature exists. I am grateful <laughs> for the fact that I can say th at Thanksgiving that I am grateful for sharks and sharks are amazing. So, so that is my this challenge This is where time. the buzzer would come in and go, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Happy accidents. You know? I've heard that phrase before. Us? Happy little accidents, yeah, which you can be thankful for. Very thankful for, because mm -hmm. there was an employee okay. in 1953 who worked for the Swanson and Sons Company. I've heard that, that name. name I've heard that name. Okay. Swanson's makes delicious home cooked meals, family meals, gravies, foods. Like well, they apparently overestimated the demand for turkey on Thanksgiving of that year. In 1953? In 1953, and they had over 260 tons what? of extra frozen birds that just did not sell. That's a lot of bird. So tons is a lot. It, it's tons. And then when you think about the average domesticated turkey, you're thinking about, you know, maybe a 20-pound bird. Maybe. You do the math, 20 birds divided by 260 tons. Like, it's going to be a lot of birds. Yeah. Um, so, they're very smart. Thrifty, clever employee came up with the idea and he ordered over 5,000 aluminum trays and he created a turkey meal, put it on an assembly line of workers to put together with it all the amazing fixings and created the first TV tray dinner. Okay, and that that's... And a, it was a hit. I, I, I like to eat in front of the TV. Absolutely. And I should not, but it is something that happens. Like that. <laughs> I think we all do. 
we're in quarantine sometimes, people. Yes. And so, you know, the, the Smithsonian, so like, you know, the National Yeah, the National Museum. They have all sorts of history on this at their um, American History Museum about how Swanson created this, you know, iconic uh, TV dinner. And, of course, you know, everybody was making TV dinners after that. Of course. But it was a huge hit, and um, they sold over 10 million turkey TV dinners um, in 1954. So the next year, it wasn't even That's leftover bad. turkey, people. Again, with a leftover turkey. They uh, had a huge hit on their hands. So. That's, that's, that amount, 260 tons, yeah. is half a million pounds of turkey. Yeah, I, like, I can't even imagine, <laughs> <laughs> like, all these, like, little butterballs just, like, rolling down something. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a purpose for everything. I mean, they can, I am, I am just floored by that because... I can't. I can't imagine the turkeys. It was a turkey boom that year. So, what else do you think of at Thanksgiving other than turkey? But are you ready for some football? Totally. I'm betting the portions were smaller, oh, okay. and I'm betting it tasted different. If it was an aluminum tray, you think it probably tasted better. Uh, yes. Okay. I think probably more authentic. Do you think the turkey is real turkey <laughs> today, or do you think it's a uh, turkey product? I think we need to put that in the vault of we don't Ooh. know, along with Bigfoot. Does he I, exist or not? I, I don't know. I love that thought. So. If anybody has an old turkey dinner lying around from 1953... And First of all, willing, don't eat it, please. And please don't eat it. to do a taste test, go ahead and let us know wow. at redoak at fbpd.net. Wow. Um, but the other thing that is always associated with Thanksgiving is football. Yes. And Thanksgiving is relatively new, 1941. Thanksgiving and football is as old as 1876. That would be older then. I had no idea that football was this old. Like, I honestly, I thought maybe the early 1900s. I didn't know it was 1876. Hmm. But maybe somebody out there can guess. I'll give them a second. Uh, so the very first Thanksgiving football game was a college match between two rival colleges. No way. That seems so original. Um, again, 1876. <laughs> Who was around then? And we're, we're, we're talking Ivy League schools here. Okay. If you guessed Yale and Princeton, you are correct. So only 13 years after Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday, Yale and Princeton were picked out of thousands of colleges and football, uh, high school football teams to play on Thanksgiving. And so um, they did, and it turned into a huge tradition. Yeah, it's a tradition. I think, well, I think if we're eating about 4,500 calories... I like to live vicariously through those people who are working really hard on a field and, and assume that they're burning calories for me just oh. to kind of get rid of some of that extra Thanksgiving food that I might be eating. Well, that's nice. Well, you know, you, you watch the games, your heart rate gets Spikes, higher. yeah. You've got these, you know, calories slowly melting. I, I know I'm reaching on it, but hey, it's something that I think I'm not the only one who's out. Oh. I, I don't think so. No. All right. So lots of tradition here, a little bit of history. 
a little bit of a little bit of everything a little bit of the true to the silly to the bizarre for sure thank you for listening to today's podcast we are excited to be back. We were going to leave you guys with a question, though, yeah. and we're going to add it to our LinkedIn uh, podcast notes as well as put it on Facebook, I believe. We're going to ask, what is your favorite part of Thanksgiving? It is still coming up, so you have time to think about it, or you can reminisce on times that were good for you. Either way, we'll put it up on our Facebook, which is Red Oak Nature Center, and you can look it up and vote for us and let us know. supervisor here at the Nature Center, and if you have any comments or questions or ideas for new topics for us to talk about, you can email us at redoak at fvpd.net. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving, whatever you decide to do. We are thankful for you and thankful for anyone who decides to enjoy nature and listen to us. All right, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.